Welcome to episode 21 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm Ty. You can join me in my echo chamber at SEATJK on Twitter. And with me is Chris. Where uh, where do you listen to yourself scream, Chris? I, mostly in the shower. But yeah. um, the um, Can people join you in the shower? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, you, you, you roll if, like that. You got that big yeah. shower in your house. If you, if you want to come, <laughs> hey, if you want to show up and shower with me. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, you're for, you're more than welcome. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm the kind of guy who blocks the water though a lot. So yeah. you're you're gonna have to stand in that cold corner of the shower while I. Anyway, I'm at <laughs> CD Villa Senor. By the way, episode 21. This 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 podcast is old enough to drink now. Because I was wondering if that counts. I mean, it's really only 20 week, 21 weeks old. <laughs> well, that's close enough. It's a fully grown dog. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. People live a whole lifetime in 21 weeks. Well, here on the Two on Three podcast, we allocate 10 minutes per topic and always go to OT at the end of the show. Interact with the show at Two on Three Pod. And uh, this week, we're going to, it's an all shoes episode. We're going to explore our favorite Elizabeth shoes, your favorite sneaker shoes, and dealing from the shoe. And we'll go to OT this week to talk about what we're getting with regard to legalized sports gambling. You're getting less money is basically what's happening. You're 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 losing money. <laughs> Correct. More it's, often. And it's not so much that it's legal, it's just no longer explicitly illegal at the federal level. Which is legal. So I'm sure here in Washington State we'll find a way to fuck this up. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> All right, so let's uh do you want to talk about how we got to uh, our Elizabeth Shoe topic well, before we I dive mean, in? Tangentially it was because of Cobra Kai. The Correct. YouTube red series which is by the way excellent i haven't finished it yet uh i haven't seen the avengers yet but i have oh i can watch cobra kai in my home right but i am enjoying it immensely and uh we'll probably talk about that at a later date but wait do the, i have uh, to sign up for another video no no no, no no 30 day free trial 30 okay. day free trial All right. so take advantage of the free trial and then dump it like like it's hot because I got to well, tell you, I was interested. Then I was like, "Oh, it's on YouTube. I got to sign up for something else. I, uh, I yeah. can't do it." You just go into your YouTube. You just go into your YouTube account and you turn it on. And then when you're done watching Cobra Kai, you turn it off. Oh, it's like the LinkedIn job search, premium job search. Right. <laughs> exactly. Just click it on, click it off. But before the, it just, before the bill comes. But you know, Machio's there, Zabka's there. We find ourselves hearkening back to Liz, who was part of the original piece of this they mention her a lot they even show like little pictures over here people like remembering her like throughout well you know in our preparation for the segment uh, i looked at her imdb and i gotta say it doesn't look like she's busy could she, no. she couldn't have been in the show no and i was thinking about her peers right now so liz shu today is in her mid 50s she's 54 54 years old okay. so you think about her peers like somebody like a uh you know sandy bullock I think would Sandy Bullock be a? She's like a Liz Shupier. Like she's won an Academy Award. She's she's been in many movies. Like Sandy Bullock more so. But if you're thinking about that kind of person, you'd think that someone like Elizabeth Shue would be more active if she chose to be. So my sense is she just doesn't want to work so much. Well, she showed up for a moment in the Battle of the Sexes movie, but she didn't. Yeah, she's not really working. Right, and she didn't. And she did like some TV. Right, she did. Uh, she did a little. Uh, she did a little CSI or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to <laughs> say about that. Like, apparently, like three years of it. Like, I, like yeah, but I you know that 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 kind of that says an actor wants to stay close to home. Sure. And just make some money because you know why not? Because you're famous, you might as well, you know, put some money in the bank. Yeah, TV and is I, the regular job, right? And I can't and I can't imagine they have to work too hard to make CSI shows. No. You know, you show up, you read the script, you show up, it's all good. I think You're it's not... just a lot. You have to say, like, enhance a lot, right? <laughs> it, zoom and enhance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so Liz becomes part of the, part of the, she's just, she's part of the story, but not part of the story. Mm-hmm. And so I thought we should, uh, we should, um, you know, it, it sparked some conversation on the Twitter. And so here we are. I said, we're going to do a top five Liz shoe on the show. And here we are. All right, well, before we burn any more of this clock, why don't you start with your number five? First of all, I'm going to start, because I never can start right into this. I'm always crapping, crapping on about something. But first of all, Back to the Future is disqualified. Okay, because of the Be- casting change? Yes, because I thought the first 
girl was good. I, I thought she was plenty cute. Well, yeah, but and, she didn't have to deliver any lines. Well, yeah, maybe she couldn't act her way out of a paper bag, but that's not that's neither here nor there as far as I'm concerned. I thought I thought, hey, this girl's pretty good. So, so I'm disqualifying her from Back to the Future. Fine, because... well, none of the, those movies didn't make my list anyway. Oh, really? No. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So, uh, so my fifth, my fifth, number five, leaving Las Vegas. She did win the Academy Award. Starting with the nude so. scene. Start just starting right starting off the bat. Right, you know, he's he's a down on his luck writer trying to drink himself to death. She's a hooker with a heart of gold. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, wildly depressing. Yeah. And also hilarious that some people rented Leaving Las Vegas when they were trying to rent uh, Nick Cage's honeymoon in Vegas yeah. with <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. yeah. And then ended up in this total quagmire of awful emotion. This isn't the dumb. skydiving Elvis's movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my number five. All right. Mine is, uh, mine is the saint. Okay. <laughs> so you're not on board with the saint. No, I'm telling you what this, my, the saint was my number one. Number one, dude. Here's the deal. Liz Shu was never hotter on film <laughs> than she was in the saint. She is a, physicist who solved cold fusion by keeping post-its in her bra and she gets mostly naked to save uh, Val Kilmer from freezing in a Russian river it's it's the best it's number one the saint is a wildly underrated movie it is a it's a fine movie it's yeah it's a fine movie and uh, it is by Liz Shu number one okay well now that we already have your reveal let's move on to number four um let's see I cocktail Cocktail. All right. Cocktail. Which actually I, also my number four. So let's just yeah. talk about it together. She she started. She uh, this is what kind of started the whole thing because somebody posted a Liz Shue cocktail moment where she's dumping food on Tom Cruise. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and um, she's just great. She's, it was me. She, yeah. She's, <laughs> oh, it was you. Yeah. Was she uh, that was OK. I, the thread is a little bit murky in my mind, but the. Um, no, she's she's terrific at it. I mean, she's just all American girl, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that, when you needed all American girl in nineteen between nineteen eighty eight and nineteen ninety four, you needed Liz Shu. All right. Well, I don't have anything to add about cocktail. I mean, we could probably do a whole episode on cocktail. Do we? <laughs> but nobody <laughs> needs that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Number three. Number three. I have adventures in babysitting. Number three. Yeah. Uh... Which is, um, so this is early in the Liz Shue career. Yeah. This is maybe the second time we really see her. She gets a, she gets a starring vehicle. Yes. And, uh, but is saddled with that giant overcoat through the entire freaking film, which kind of pisses me off a little bit because we know she's hotter than that, <laughs> but she's got to wear, she's completely saddled with this giant overcoat and, you know, these terrible teen actors. However... She's terrific, as always. Also, an excellent, excellent appearance from Vince D'Onofrio. Yeah. The, as, Thor, as Thor the car mechanic. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Like you, lifting weights, Vince D'Onofrio. Right. Skinny and in, 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 in shape, Vince D'Onofrio. So, Adventures in Babysitting is actually my number one. Uh-huh. Um, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that it came, when it came out, I was uh, eight or nine years old. And I was a... I don't know. Let's say, what are the right words? Uh, precocious with regard to my interactions with women. Like I was <laughs> right. into you were girls interest, from an you were early interested, age. Oh yeah, you were interested in girls early. All right. And Liz Shue is exactly 16 years older than me. Mm -hmm. So there's this dynamic that occurs when I see Adventures in Babysitting where I'm like, I really want to be babysat by that girl. <laughs> <laughs> Just like those other boys wanted to be babysat by Liz Shue. They did. I can identify with those kids. You can, <laughs> yeah, I you know I don't ever think any of my babysitters were were that hot. <laughs> that, Not that uh, I recall. No, I don't think so. All right, number two, Karate Kid. Mine is also Karate Kid. The Karate Kid. She is again. It's it's like you said. We needed this girl. Oh wait, now, I didn't tell you my number three. What was we your skipped three? right over it? What was your number three? I forgot. My whole transition there was that uh, the adventures in babysitting leads to. Uh, a movie later in her career, which I have at number three, that I'm sure is not on your list, which is Palmetto. 
1998. Palmetto. So, yeah, Palmetto with Woody Harrelson. Okay. Everyone's, it's a lot of like people being hot and sweaty in like low lighting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so let's just say Adventures in Babysitting came out. I'm eight years old. It's 1987. And then Palmetto comes out in, you know, 1998 and I'm 18 years old. <laughs> so right. there's, a, there's a continuity there for me. Right. I see. I see. So yes, now late thirties shoe is has a different quality to her. Gina Gershon also in Palmetto. No, well, obviously terrific. to bring the, to bring back to cocktail. <laughs> yes, terrific. Uh, yeah, it's all great. She's uh, anything with Gershon in it, it's a real a real classic. All right, my apologies. Back to Karate <laughs> Kid. Hey, are you are, are you are you crapping on uh, Face Off right now? Because yes. <laughs> anyway, um, no, she's a. Uh, She's she's perfect, perfectly cast as the girl who, you know, you could kind of believe she would take enough pity on Daniel LaRusso to like maybe I don't know fall for him if that, if that's what we're if that's what we're calling it. I see. I think it worked for me again because I, I related a lot to Daniel. I was on the smaller side when I was younger. I, mm-hmm. What do you mean when I what do I mean when I was younger? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so yeah, hey, you know. Um, just being earnest and actually nice to girls uh, was a strategy that... Uh, a strategy. Nice. I like how you called that a strategy. I wasn't really nice, but I would act nice to them. No, I was strategy. really... My point, I was just calling it a strategy to make myself sound better because, frankly, it wasn't any kind of strategy. And I'll, I'll tell you what, it wasn't super in vogue in, in the late 80s, early 90s. No, not really. Despite but, all the, the movies about, you know, the, the plucky... Uh, uh, protagonist, you know, turning over the... I don't know. I'm, I'm really, I'm really flailing on this sentence, but you get where I'm going with this. It's this idea, this, uh, the, the, the small man winning. There was a lot yeah. of those eighties movies, inspirational types. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Billy Zabka has half the, he was the bully in half of those movies anyway. Well, we already but, heard my number one. What? No, you heard my number one. What was your number one? Well, we already, oh, we already did both. Cause uh, mine is number one is adventures of babysitting. Which oh, we I'm telling you the saint. Go yeah. watch it again. I think it holds up. I'm afraid other to than, watch. I'm afraid than, to watch it again. Other than maybe, other, other than maybe the electronics, you know, because that those never hold up well in in movies. Like yeah. when people show up and they pull out some technology, and you think, "Oh, that was really cool back then," and now it's like, like a complete joke because our technology right now is so good. Well, now I have the opposite problem, though, right? When you watch TV and now computers are just magic. Yeah. And it's like that's not how shit works at all. <laughs> to wrap up the to come all the way back around on this Karate Kid thing on Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm convinced that Cobra Kai doesn't exist without the whole Barney Stinson bit on How I Met Your Mother. Did you Did you watch How I Met Your Mother at all? Uh, a little, but not enough to be familiar with what you're talking There's about. There's a whole shtick that that um, that happens where Barney says, "I love the Karate Kid," and everybody says, "You know, you like Ralph Macho." He's like, "No, no, no. He's not the Karate Kid." And he goes on this whole thing about how the whole thing's about Johnny Lawrence and how he was living this really nice life in California until this kid showed up and screwed up his entire life. Well, that's the plot of the show, right? No, essentially, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> the, the, the reason Cobra Kai exists is because of how I met your mother and I'm, you, cannot, you cannot convince me otherwise. All right. Anyway. I like it. All, All right, right, moving on. So... I, this started as what I thought was going to be our, our our top Jordans, top Jordan shoes, but you wanted to broaden the uh, the subject matter, so I only picked three because I didn't think we'd have enough time. But I have a couple of other honorable mentions, so I'll let you start since you had a little bit more of a broader uh, take right. on the topic. Well, we, we can start with okay. So in terms of my favorite athletic shoes, I'm everyone knows I'm completely in the tank for Nike. Everybody who knows it's me. like a fault, really. It almost is, yeah. almost too. I mean. I have I branch out in little ways, but in terms of what I would consider athletic shoes and athletic wear, yeah, you know I'm pretty much a Nike guy. I don't know, comes from years and years of training. But I remember the OG Jordans in the late '80s, and they came in white, the the classic white, red, black. Yep. But they also came in this awesome black and blue. Yeah. And do you remember the black with the I blue? Do. Yeah. They were Absolutely. like the Carolina version. No, the darker blue. They no, were I know, like but a, they were, yeah. that was the homage. Yes. yes I know what you're talking was about. Yes. Black and with a dark, with, with a, with a royal blue, with royal blue swoosh and top. Sure. 
Yeah, yeah, black with blue. I know what you're talking oh about. Oh my gosh, about. those are the <laughs> those are one of my favorite pairs of shoes ever. And then uh, from the Jordan from the Jordan collection, I'm only I'm very I'm very uh, I'm very narrow. So I'm I'm one seven and eleven. So sevens, really? yeah. So sevens I love. Um, just because they they're cool. They're very simple. I mean, I had I had a pair of white with blue trim ones. Mm-hmm. I had probably two pair. I, I bought I bought them back to back. When I wore out the first ones, I bought the second ones. I bought another pair, and then they've been reissued since, and I haven't been able to find that the trim that I like. Those are the and Dream l- Team shoes. Yeah, and the eleven and the elevens are the tuxedo or the patent leather. Yeah, the eleven. Those are the space. Those are the Space Jam shoes. Yeah, the the elevens are sweet, and I the elevens are iconic in a way that. Maybe no other shoe has ever reached like the heights with of which the, of which no other shoe has ever reached. I've always wanted like to get a black on black on black. Like if I could find a low top, all black. Like I want a black with the I want black soles too, and I want to wear them like tuxedo shoes. <laughs> murdered out, yeah. Like the murdered Elevens. Yes. The uh, I see I, I see uh, I see they make uh, I see a lot of people wearing Elevens. Uh, yeah. I often see yeah. a lot of little kids wearing 11s too. They make they make them for toddlers, and every mm-hmm. time I see a toddler wearing 11s, I'm always like, I always have to give props to their folks. I'm like, good good on you for getting your kid 11s because those are sweet. I my all time favorite is the uh, Jordan Five, which is the one with the reflective tongue, and specifically the Christmas edition of the Jordan Five. It had a 23 stitched on the back heel. Mm. Um, it's just filthy. I'm looking at it right now. All like I had the whites. With the red and black sole, with the gray, and then the twenty-three stitched on it, it has the tongue with that. Like I said, that reflective finish. Um, I just, I love those shoes. I have a pair now. I have an updated pair of throwbacks. They're like uh, sort of a indigo color with um, like bronze accents. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, and those are those are fun. They're hard to wear because I always buy shoes like that, and then I'm like, oh, it's hard to wear blue shoes with jeans. Yes, it yeah. is hard to wear blue shoes with jeans. Yes. And then if you wear them with khakis. You could, yeah, I have the uh, <laughs> the um, but you did you ended up with some uh, some some Jordan golf shoes here. I did recently. the Jordan three golf shoes. So that was a, a gift from my loving wife, who um, I did the, did the cool like the classic gift giving move, which is to pick up on something I just mentioned, like how cool is this shit, mm-hmm. uh, and then followed up with a buddy of mine, sent her and sent him a text and said, which ones does Ty want? And he, she got the lowdown and. Um, I talked about how uh, I think well, this might have been on Twitter. We had an interaction about this where I was like, "It was, it's, it'd be worth it." And they're still in the box now, put away because I'm not bringing them out until I think July. Yeah, uh, a dry day in July. Correct. They will only ever be worn in the sun mm-hmm. on on dry days. Um, but luckily, I have some really tight tapered golf pants that I can wear with my high top <laughs> golf shoes. Nice, nice. Those are those are good looking. I don't always love the three. I mean, with the jungle print, yeah, this is the black top print, the cement. I gotta get that cement belt. <laughs> I thought you should just get the rest of the Justin Timberlake outfit and just wear that to the golf course. <laughs> oh, Phil's got the dress shirt. I can wear a suit. Right, right. I think I think the door is open. I think the door is open for you to just go ahead and just camo out your camo out your golf outfit and wear the uh, wear the wear the Jordan three golf shoes. The Jordan 5s also had the cool, uh, like, translucent netting on the sides, like an update from the Jordan 4, which had, like, regular netting, and then the Jordan 5s had the... See, I, I, I did, that's the part of that shoe I didn't like. Oh, you're crazy. <laughs> it's just a, it's a certain time and place. You know? And they had the clear soles with the Jumpman logo on the sole. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the 7s had that, too. The, well, yeah, um, of course, because that was later on. I'm just saying right. the 5s are the first one to have it. That have the Jordan logo on the bottom. Yes. So you're saying... Yeah. yeah. So I'm always looking for the throwbacks for sure. The um the the next throwbacks that I wanna get and I saw actually somebody wearing them the other day. They're the uh the Bo Jackson trainers. The mm-hmm. white ones with the uh the blue and orange. Um Bo Jackson. They're not they're not such ob- I mean they're not I feel like British knights. <laughs> no, no, they're they're slight they're they're back in the cross trainer type days. Yeah. So they're but they're not as chunky as the as the class, they're like maybe just a little. They're not a full high top. Uh huh. And I had at least two pairs of these. Okay. The um in college, 
and uh, and I need to get a pair. And then uh, I have uh, two years ago, I bought the um, the Agassi Nikes, the white with the pink lava Nikes. They're gorgeous, and I love them. And uh, they're so white, they're so nice and bright that I'm scared to wear them out because I just don't want them to get crappy. Okay. And when you're kind of a guy my age and you're wearing like super white, bright new shoes, you feel like yeah. kind of a goon. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to pick a time to wear them, like to maybe somebody's barbecue or something to sort of break them out. But uh, I'm, I'm kind of chicken to, I've been kind of chicken to wear them. Well, you know, one of the other ones that popped up for me when I was thinking about, and you said you wanted to expand the topic to include some others, was uh, I had a fond memory of this shoe, and now that I'm looking at it, it's butt ugly, <laughs> <laughs> which is the original, like, you remember when Converse re- rebranded as Cons? Yes. And then they had the React shoes, like the, comp- the, the it was like a competitor to the Air, Nike Air, and then they had like pockets of juice in them. Like, <laughs> you know what I remember? It was like, there was like gel I, in the pockets. I don't remember these at all. Okay, the con- so, I do remember the rebranding to Cons, though. Yeah. So Cons React. They were the, they were, so they were um, Larry Johnson shoes. Larry Johnson shoes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I was a big fan of those. But, but you looking back, they don't, they're not holding up for you. If, if you look back at them, they're pretty, uh, they're hideous. Pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they look like they were awesome in 1992 in the same way that like sort of re- you're not going to Reebok pump is not going to make your list here. Yeah, yeah for sure. For but if sure. we were back in 1989, you'd be like, yeah, that yeah. pump. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then one of my other favorite pair of shoes and everybody who, again, who, who knows me at all and has uh, hung around me at all knows about the rock shoes. So the ones I, I always gig in these shoes over the past five years. Mm-hmm. But they are a pair of Air Force One low low tops mm-hmm. that are that are colorwayed like the uh, like Eddie Van Halen. They're black with the red and white and black stripes on them. Mm-hmm. And um, the funny story about them is Eddie Van Halen actually sued Nike over these shoes and won. And Nike had to destroy their entire inventory of these shoes, but not before I bought a pair. Now I wear them around because I love them because I think they're the coolest shoes. They look they you know they just say Eddie Van Halen so people might you know people of a certain. Oh, know, are these the shoes that have the sole that look like his guitar. Yes. Okay, so they're yes. like black and gray. Yes. And then they have like the sole around the bottom. That's yeah, like the with red the and black yes. stripes. Yes. Okay. Yes. He it's won those huh? shoes. He wow. won. So number one, I whenever when I win when I wear them and if you if I wear them into like a. A sneaker joint mm-hmm. dudes would be like whoa yeah you i'm know. jealous that you have a pair because now i yeah. looked it up after we just brought it up and they're pretty sick they're sick and where'd you, if you get look them on, if you look on ebay if you look on ebay um sometimes they're going anywhere from about 600 to 800 bucks oh my god it, new in the box and so i wear them around and my wife's like those are, are those really $800 shoes it's like i paid 125 dollars for them because i saw an article I had seen an article where Eddie Van Halen was suing Nike. And I said, he's suing them over these shoes. I'm going to buy those shoes. And I ran out and buy, bought them. And literally a, a less than a month later, the decision came down and Nike had to destroy the entire inventory of those shoes. Well, I'm jealous. Good for you. Good job. Yeah. So that's a, so that's, those are, that's my, that's my best shoe story currently. Yeah, I don't have any. I think the other ones that come to mind for me are all like sort of lifestyle kicks. Uh, I think the Adidas Samba played a really large role in my life. <laughs> um, just when I was in high school, it was like the thing. Uh, so I had a couple pairs of Sambas, and every it's still now when I see like a good fresh pair of Sambas, I'm like, oh yeah, those, I still like them. It's still good. Me and my me and my boys back in the early '90s, we used to uh, we had to work at this. We worked at this computer store. Yeah, and they made us they made us wear these blue Oxford shirts, but they didn't care if we wore um, shorts or pants or whatever. So we always just wore those blue Oxford shirts, uh, tacky shorts, and uh, K-Swiss. K-Swiss. Nice bright, nice bright K-Swiss. Oh yeah, oh, very sharp looking, very very preppy, very uh, very good for the uh, for the computer sales uh, crowd. Nice. <laughs> I, I mean, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just relaxed. walked off a shitty tennis court. Right. <laughs> well, shout out also from me to the Nike Cortez. 
of which I had multiple pairs in like crazy different um, colorways that I I still have a few pairs to kick it around the back of the closet. I like it. Classic. And I wish I could remember the name of those uh, Saucony shoes that I had uh, that were like metallic silver and they were like uh, about some Russian comic. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It was based on some sort of a comic book. That, uh, I was gonna say the Saucony made a uh, made a uh, shoe for Yakov Smirnov, a uh, Russian <laughs> yeah, comic. After I said that, that's how yeah. I... <laughs> the the, the Saucony Yakov Smirnov. What what the shoe? In, In Soviet yes, Russia, shoe runs you. <laughs> that's not even funny, and I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for segment three, we'll talk a little bit about gambling as we segue into our gambling section of the show. Uh, dealing from the shoe. So, Chris, you had a blackjack story you wanted to share. It's not so much a blackjack story, but I've been playing a lot of blackjack every time I go down to uh, um, uh, Las Vegas these days because my buddy Simon lives down there, and it's you know it's what we do. We just get together and gab, but we gab at the uh, at the blackjack table. So it's always nice when it's just you know me and him sitting there gabbing. But what happens is. You get people who show up, right? Yes, always. And so we have a good flow as, and so that's you know that's what makes a good table, right? You trust. People don't understand that blackjack is a team sport, and so if you're playing blackjack in Las Vegas and there's a table, if you have enough people, if you have enough people in your group, maybe four people or five people, and you can take over an entire table by yourselves, that's the best. That's the best situation. But let's say you're like singleton. Yeah. And you're and you're looking to play some blackjack. You need to really pay attention to like how people are playing for at least a good two or three hands of um, at least two or three hands of just to figure out is this a table we're sitting down at? Because right. if there are people doing stupid stuff or you know someone's wildly drunk, I mean you 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 got to have the discipline to pass right. on 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 that blackjack table because you're going to lose money. It's the worst part about it is when you're waiting for a table and a seat finally opens up because it's a shitty table. So people are like bailing on it because there's some right. guy like you're describing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is really one of the, it's, it's one of the, just one of those games in Vegas where it's not up to you all the time. Like, it's important that the people at your table are, are doing, are doing the right things, Right. Yeah. And I know that I personally like to sit first base. Because there's no pressure yeah. over there on first base. You're just you're getting cards. It's easy, you know. You've got first action, um, you know. But it's always great to have a friend who is willing to pick up third base and play it the right way. Because if that person on third base is just shitty, you're all gonna <laughs> you're all gonna lose. Well, I've been lose a dick hard. at a blackjack table. I've shamed some guy into leaving before for sure. Yeah, I think, well, there's sometimes you just have to. It's just like, right? come on. You just be like you just keep shaking. It's like, come on, and you shake your head. Yeah. Right? When the guy doesn't take a card and he needs to, and then the dealer right. makes a hand, and you're like, yeah. you, just, you just ruined everything. Right. You're, you've got, you've got, you're, yeah, you've got 14 dealers showing a six, and he, take, and he takes a hit. Uh, right? And yes. you're just like, oh, quit it. <laughs> you're out. Especially when he flips a 10, right? And it's like, yes. oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> and the dealer turns over 18 and takes the rest of the table or whatever. Yes. 19 or some shit. Yeah. Disgusting. I mean, the, but that's the kind of thing that happens at the blackjack table. It can get rough. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen it get testy. Yeah. Especially, when, especially when other people are, are betting a lot of money. Yeah. Which, again, is... It's, it's mild, I think it's mildly unfair. If you're going to sit at a blackjack table and you're going to bet a lot of money, you should sit third base. Yeah, you probably should. If you're going to be the big better at the table, yeah, you should definitely be at the end. Yeah, you don't want to sit in the middle of the table and then bet big money and then crab at the person on third base who's betting the table minimum. Who is like some guy from Ames, Iowa who's, you know, here with his girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? I do. Like some guy, some guy who just, you know, it's like that person doesn't know what they're doing. So mm-hmm. you can either help them. And if you're betting big money, you should say, switch seats with me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to tell you what to do. <laughs> because because yeah, I'm going to learn you just, you. you just tip the person you had to move. Yeah. Yeah, when you win. Yeah, exactly. You just, but, but it's just, uh, 
it's it's just hard to get it it's hard to get it right when there's when you have strangers right? it is yeah you need to, it's, it's much easier when you i think you need like, to do i think an ideal black tech situation is you have at least four people yes and then if somebody shows up to fill in a seat then you can sort of you can lean on them right you can just say hey what are you doing <laughs> right or there's no or there's you no can, three you don't have to you, know, you don't have to hang yeah. your own neck out there because you right. cut back up right exactly yeah. like they've got 12 dealers showing a you know five you're like okay stay yeah you're just like nope no <laughs> nope nope <laughs> don't 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 take a card or i'll well, kill not you tur- not to turn this into the am i an asshole segment but my most recently recent gambling experience was just a home game with folks that you know like people where it's like let's uh let's do poker you know that kind of a game sure and i'm like all right that's fine you know, I mean, I used to be a little more serious of a card player and play with a lot of serious heads, and, and that was fun. And um, it's a kitchen table game, right? Yeah, yeah. But that was, a, but that was kind of like a. This was more of a. It's Friday night. It's my birthday. Let's get a few people together and play some poker. Okay. What I'm describing that I was playing in before in the last couple of years was like a kitchen table game where things, like we had to institute like pot limits because things got out of hand <laughs> a few times sure so it, you know serious card, card players right mm-hmm. um so playing a lot of omaha and things like that so i i like early in the game it's like people are still drinking and they're like you know there might have been i don't know a J being passed around the table while we're trying to play and and people didn't like know how to shuffle or deal properly and it was a lot of people at one table so I sort of just took control of the situation because we didn't start till nine and it was like, I don't want to be here until 1am and there's like 12 people sitting at this table or whatever. Like, let's, <laughs> let's go. How do you even play pay- poker with 12 people? It wasn't table? 12. It was like nine people. We were supposed to have two tables. There were supposed to be like 14 people and then there was to be two tables and then oh. not enough people showed up. So we just like did a nine person table or whatever. Okay. But it was challenging for people to deal and whatnot. And so I was definitely like, you know pointing at people when it's their turn to bet like your action your action you know shuffle these cards like right you know, mm-hmm. be, being the the very uh, non-abrasive leader that i can be <laughs> <laughs> I, the funny thing is i wasn't irritated but i was just very matter of fact and apparently that reads as irritation to a lot of people uh-huh I well you're sure you're you're direct your air traffic controlling a, a a horrible situation from a it's nine people most of which don't know how to play poker or handle cards yes I mean, at least half a, of which really didn't know what they were doing. I mean, that's a that's that's a mostly a nightmare, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. It became fun eventually. <laughs> sure, when people get a little bit of a rhythm going. Yeah. No, once once, yeah. and that was the thing is I put in thirty hard minutes. Yes. Right. I put in thirty hard minutes to get three fun hours out of it. Right. Right. And won no money because I finished in fourth or something. Yeah. You know, um, in a in a in a funny poker story, um. Phil Gordon lives in town. Do you know who Phil Gordon is? I do. Phil Gordon, the, the poker champion. Yeah. Anyway, one of my buddies, uh, because his kids went to the same school as, as Phil Gordon's kids, um, won in a school auction a poker night with Phil Gordon. Cool. So he hosted it. Was and Phil Gordon like super rude to him? No, <laughs> Phil Gordon was is such a stinking nice guy. He he so he came and he did he basically he did like a thirty minute sort of poker lesson kind of thing and then and then did a uh, and then played played with us for nice. another another for maybe another ninety minutes. So I mean a two hour poker clinic. and he he would talk and he was he is super nice guy. I think he owns a technology company here in town and. Uh, you know, it's really, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was cool. It was cool to sit at a table with, a, you know, with a guy like that who obviously has, you know, played in Did the biggest Did you, like, get his games. phone number? <laughs> no, I'm not that kind of a weirdo. Well, I was just saying, you know, with our next overtime, when we talk about legal sports scaling, I'm like, maybe do you know somebody and we need to hang up and talk about this offline? <laughs> <laughs> Can we no. get in? Yeah, no, I don't, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to play, you don't want to play uh, poker with, with phil gordon no no i want him to help me set up a a legal book (laughs) (laughs) are you gonna okay well i mean let's uh let's just jump right into the overtime no we're not there yet we're not what how gambling stories i got no one wants to hear my gambling stories well i wanted to i want to at least touch on the fact that those shoes i couldn't remember which i'm now disappointed to learn were uh they're called the the saucony uh jazz low pro 
Red Star, based on the Red Star graphic novel, which is based on the history of the USSR. And now I'm only discovering that there was there was only 800 pairs created worldwide. Yeah, and, uh, and you had a pair. Yeah, and I wore them until they fell apart, and I'm kind of sad that I did that now. <laughs> <laughs> you wore communist Sokanis, and then. <laughs> well, I didn't know that they were like you know gonna take over the country in five years. <laughs> I wonder how much they are. Do you think uh, later on you should look them up on eBay? There's a nine, there's a pair of nine and a halfs on eBay for 150 bucks, but those, oh, won't, those won't fit me. But those are no good. 150 bucks. Those yeah, are, no it's one not cares. that special. No one cares about them. I just wish I still had the shoes. They're sick. I mean, look up. You should look up the Super Bowl Justin Timberlake Tinker Hatfields. Those things are going for like 2,500 bucks. Pass. I mean that's. I mean that's a, now that's a shoe. Now that's a collector's shoe, is what that is. I'm not, no, I'm not buying some Timberlake shoe, because now it's artificially, like, market is artificially pumped up because Timberlake wore it. <laughs> it's not artificially pumped up, it's really pumped up. That's, they're that cool. Why are they cool? What's cool about them? I don't know. He danced in them at the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that, that outfit that he wore wasn't cool, and he danced, danced in that at the Super Bowl, too. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The market will bear what the market will bear, and it and it's and uh, people. Oh my pay God! Five hundred twenty-four dollars. Oh, they down to five hundred twenty-four bucks now. Yeah, yeah. Like the day, the weekend, the week following the Super Bowl, they were all they were up for two thousand bucks. They're just, but they like they nixed out the uh, the blacktop print, the the concrete print. Yeah. Like it's just black. I don't know. These are weak. <laughs> say week okay all right we head to the overtime with the news that the supreme court has struck down a federal ban on sports gambling thanks to uh really none other than chris christie well who said we're gonna have sports gambling in new jersey and see what the fuck are you gonna do about it right this is what states rights comes down to and this is definitely the kind of thing that should be uh i'm sure it only existed as a federal law because of this uh like the nfl lobby at some point yeah well i mean it's Gambling is slightly regressive, right? <laughs> More you than mean outlawing it or <laughs> gambling no, like period. Gambling period. Regressive how? It, mostly people who can't afford to gamble are the people gambling. Oh, I can't relate to it, that. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, even when I was like, I, I'm not gonna say poor, broke. Um, anytime that you know, like the first time I went to Vegas, I think I was just 22 years old, and mm-hmm. it, I went on a budget. You know, I saved up my, my, my ducats and went on a budget and won some money here and lasted through the trip and basically paid for it. I didn't pay for anything but the time I spent there, essentially. Yeah. Um, so it's possible. You just have to be a responsible gambler. You set yeah, your be a responsible gambling. Come on. Yeah, the set people, a limit. Listen, walk away. Listen, how many people are already taking what legal forms of gambling exist now, like scratchers and all that kind of stuff, and just unloading God, ungodly amounts of money on that crap. Now well, that's really them, stupid. I don't well, know what to say it. I mean, but but legalizing it to a broader in a broader sense, I don't think makes people more responsible. It gives people more rope to essentially hang themselves. Well, that being said, I'm totally down with with legalized sports betting. There was a period of time not so long ago where I was really into it when you could still fund an account on like Bodog. Mm. Um, which I'm glad I never won hugely because uh, it sounds like you wouldn't be able to get your money. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but that year, like in, I-, I won a significant amount of money betting on the NFL, like not life changing or anything, but I, I was plus quite a bit. Um, Cause my, I-, I was like 20 games over 500 on picking like say five games a week. And I wasn't betting all five games a week. So I was really only taking the cream of the crop bets for myself and mm-hmm. was winning two, three bets a week. And then every like third week, if I saw a parlay, I'd like I I'd play it. And I only I only hit one because those are obviously hard to hit. But then I also had money on New Orleans on futures bet to win the Super Bowl, um, and then I had a, a bet on them to win and cover in the Super Bowl. So netted netted some nice cash there at the end of the season. And it was just fun to like go down, wake up, uh, you know, especially on NFL Sunday out here on the West Coast. It starts at 10 a.m. and like just fire up the computer and you know throw a couple of props and maybe like a couple of line bets, like just just to, to enti- you know enhance my NFL gambling day or NFL watching day, I meant to say. <laughs> sure, <laughs> and it's gambling day. <laughs> that's right, and that's uh, 
that that really is what I'm looking forward to here is I, I like the idea of if you can really, you know, and this is the kind of thing where I really do almost want to, I wish you could get ahead of it. I'm sure there's no chance we could beat it to market, but if you could get a mobile experience that allowed me to do basically live, live event betting, right? That's the, the, that's the goal. Holy grail. The draft, the draft Kings people are already for sure are already way ahead of this deal. They're probably ready to launch now, <laughs> but the, uh, but the, um, but Washington State, to your point earlier, Washington State's going to screw this up. Oh, because yeah. first of all, they're tight assed about it to begin with. Like, Which no I don't online, understand. Like, there's no no online poker. We can't do DraftKings. We the can't. The worst do... part about that is that it used to be. It used to be fine. Oh yeah, and no, then they it outlawed fine. it. Like in the state. Like what? Right. I mean, I why again? I think it's because the argument they make is it's regressive, and they and but they're they want to be. They're so free and whatever, except the fact gambling, for some odd reason, is like the big Washington State taboo. Like, they can't get over themselves. They can't let us gamble. <laughs> but they let, you do, they let you do pretty much everything else, except... I mean, aren't, isn't gambling just cigarettes? <laughs> like, no. you can handle it if you're responsible, and you can if you can't, and you can if you don't, if you're not. Right, right. It's, it's a, v- a victimless crime, essentially. Right. I, I choose to take my money and bet it on this sporting event. You know, all things being equal and the sporting events not being influenced by some outside force, which is another one of those kinds of things where people oh, tend to worry about. But there's plenty of gambling already. Yeah. So if you wanted to force the outcome of something, there's already plenty of leverage to do that if if that's what you want. But we all know the, that the punishment's pretty steep for people who are caught influencing the outcome of games for gambling purposes yeah i think that our our biggest concern there is the never going to play in the nba college basketball players yes and this is why you 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 got to stay away from college basketball for sure <laughs> like betting on that's just idiocy but i think that the other thing is about sports gambling is i'd like it to be like um the uk where they have like Parlers. lab brokes. Like okay. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to be able to play sports bets at the AMPM. Why? You know what I mean? No. I I want I want to go I I people need to no, go No, you're right. To a I don't want to have to go somewhere. I want to do it from my phone. Well, I also want to do it from my phone. <laughs> but I don't think that's I don't think doing it from your phone's the right thing either. I think you you know, there should be online, well, I guess DraftKings or something like that. But I think for Legalized gambling in the state of Washington, I think you have to go to a place and I think you should have to place your bets there. I don't think it should be I don't think it should be I can place bets over my phone because it's just well, too You're talking about regressive. This is regressive. You're gonna make what? me leave the house? Yes. Like that's not go part down, of the future. Go down to the go down to the go down to the strip mall where there's you know But why does it have to a be a company. separate entity? Like why can't why can't it be the AMP and why can't it be the seven eleven? Because who's funding? Who's funding the? Who's paying out the? Who's who's running the gambling? Who's running the like the Mirage Corporation is going to set up kiosks in the in the in the in the AMPM? I mean, AMPM isn't going to run the gambling operation. No, I, think, I, think you, I think what you said is correct. I think yeah, a betting slip machine. Yeah, like the it lottery. Works like, an ATM. like the lottery machine. Like sure. if you go to Safeway, you there's there's mega bucks and. Powerball, and then there's sports. Oh yeah, so then now let's talk about how sports gambling has been illegal, but the state lottery is totally fine. <laughs> no, we're we're okay with we're okay. Well, because the state gets that money. Correct. Well, the state. Then the thing is, this ruling really gives the states just the power to decide how it works anyway. So if they're smart, they'll do the same thing they did with weed, which is tax the shit out of it and take a huge cut. Right. The state the, is going to be the ultimate rake. Right. They're going to yes, and so. But, and you probably get taxed both ways, right? You probably have to pay a tax as part of like a sales tax as part of the bet. And then you'll have to pay some sort of gambling income tax on any winnings. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The, and people will do it because they love to gamble on sports. <laughs> people, people, people do it for the action, man. They do. It makes, it, it makes a really humdrum sporting event that much more exciting. I don't Maybe know. Maybe I'll watch the so, Sounders game. <laughs> no, you won't. Put money on it, man. <laughs> you put money on. betting on MLS is also a bad idea. Oh, I made a lot of money betting on the 2008 World Cup too. Oh, you did. Yeah, nice. 
I don't know. I can't bet on those things. I'd be like, it just. I might as well just throw darts against the dartboard, trying to figure out. Do they have spreads and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. You know, or is it just straight up? Yeah, there's no spreads. I don't know. Yeah, betting, to win, you can just you betting, can play money moneyless, but you play money line bets. Betting football against the spread would just be for me, just like. Yeah, no, it's you guys played money line bets. Yeah, it's just yeah. And yeah. then in the World Cup, it's easier too because you can bet like on. Um, the future bets are like multi-stage with the group outcomes. No, yeah, I'm thinking. I here's the thing. I think you got to set up places. I think you have. I think businesses have to be opened. I think you have to go place bets. Um, it's just sort of like pot dispensaries. You have to have sports betting parlors. Um, other places like maybe Emerald Downs that already has betting. They might be able to open their own sports book there. Yeah. Um, well, that'll be the first thing, right? I, I expect I expect most of the, the casinos, the, the native the, casinos. Yeah, we'll have a sports we'll, book. We'll have sports books. That'll yeah. be the first step. And Correct. so, just go to, just drive out to the you know Snoqualmie Casino and throw down your throw down. Your but bets. again, man, see <clears> now <throat> I can't even go down to the AMPM. I've got to. I've got before you're talking about. I got to drive like 15 minutes to the strip mall. Now I got to go 45 minutes to an hour to the casino. Come on. Well, the thing is, I hope they legalize legalize online poker and DraftKings like. Yeah. Those kind of things hopefully become legal in the state. Then you can bet from your phone on those things. But for like real deal, I want to bet on this game. You have to you you have to go somewhere to do that. Even in Las Vegas, you have to go somewhere to do it. You have to go to the sports book and place your sports bet. Right, and, and that's we're gonna make it. We're gonna properties. we're gonna we're gonna make it more convenient than Vegas. Yeah, no way. Again, no on, way. My, on my phone, live sports betting on my phone. That's what I need in my life. It's going to happen. Also, so happen. my wife doesn't know that I'm sports betting and it just because I'm on Twitter like usual. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen soon, but um, but not in Washington State because Washington State's stupid that way. We are really afraid of people hurting themselves in a way that we don't control. Right. They want to control you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I hope you enjoyed the All Shoes episode of the 2 on 3 podcast. Anything else to add before we sign off, Chris? Nothing. All right, sounds good. And we'll see you next week. Peace.
the high summer flow. Then it's back to the young purpose with them with dots in the toe. Ain't nothing stopping this gold that I'm spending for show. And I'm not keeping post and eat behind the old. Oh, hey, Lee, I treat my shoe like my ride. Chrome on the fat laces and the wood on the inside. Spray candy on the swoosh with electric roof. Since I put a kid on the soul, I got a wider shoe. Ooh, you see that low mid skittle purple poop? I'm driving them. Sight like white on whites. Three quarters, the lows, they all tight. The only problem, they only good for one night. Cause once you stuff them, you up your whole night. What's my basis? The look of store in the spaces. This kid's outrageous, he buying them by the cases. Cause once I cop them, I gut them and switch the laces. They all purpose, you hurt me, kinda like my days. Let's be white pearls. I said, yeah, me too, pearls. 